Well, hello, friends. Welcome back to the Proverbs 31 Ministries podcast, where we share biblical truth for any girl in any season. I'm your host, Meredith Brock, and I am here with my friend and co-host, Kaylee Olson. Well, hey, Meredith. It's great to be back with you today. I am so happy to be back, and I am so happy to share who our guest is going to be today. We've got Wendy Pope with us today, folks, and that really is her last name. It is Pope. She is not the Pope, but she is Wendy Pope. She is a longtime friend of Proverbs 31, and we're just so thankful she's joining us. Thanks for coming on the show, Wendy. Oh, I'm honored. I feel kind of edgy. You know, those, these, um, the girls over 50 sometimes get a little intimidated by all of the new uh, technologies that are out there. So I'm feeling kind of edgy this morning, Meredith, with you young girls. Thank you for having me. Honestly, <laughs> um, Wendy, we, we feel so privileged to have you here. Uh, that is the heart behind this podcast is that yeah. it's really God's word is for every girl and every yeah. season. Whether you're like Kaylee and you're in your 20s or you're like me in your late yeah. 30s or maybe like you, Wendy, I think you outed yourself. You might be in your 50s. I, I did out myself. <laughs> <laughs> and so we're just grateful that you're here. Yes, so grateful. Well, Wendy, since this is your first time on the podcast, our audience doesn't know you at all and they yeah. need to know you. So I want our listeners to get to hear a little bit about you. So I want to give you a few seconds to do that. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Well, I, you know what, have been around with Proverbs for, um, I think, I think I counted the other day somebody was talking to me about it almost 17 years. Um, and it has just been such a privilege to, to be a part of the ministry when we had six staff members and only three of them were full time. And, um, so I had no idea and really no thought of coming to any, doing any kind of ministry. I'm an education major. I taught fourth grade and God just radically through She Speaks, actually the very first She Speaks conference that Proverbs 31 ministry offers, um, was called in the ministry and speaking was okay. I can speak because I love to talk and then writing actually just evolved from that. Um, so that's my ministry side is writing and speaking and teaching the Bible. Um, but I'm uh, a wife to Scott. That's my primary ministry. Um, it's to my family. My husband and I have been married 29 years and we have two amazing adult children um, that are 22, almost 23. I can't believe it. Um, and my son just turned 20 and they are gainfully employed, which every parent <laughs> wants, um, paying their bills and uh, totally self-sufficient, insured, all that kind of thing. So we're excited about that. And they love the Lord and, um, you know, doing ministry right here from my home is, is just a beautiful thing. And then to be part of a greater vision uh, through Proverbs 31 is um, truly just something that it's a dream come true that I didn't even know I had that dream, honestly. Mm, isn't that neat how the Lord works? Uh -huh. so often, how I, we, I think He dreams on our behalf. You he know, does. And, and he lets us see it when we're ready for it. <laughs> that's the truth. That's the truth. Right. One thing Wendy is not mentioning, friends, is that she is actually about to release, or she already has, I think, yes. released the second book called March. Hidden Potential. 
revealing what God can do through you. And that's a really big deal around here. We want to applaud and congratulate and cheer on our sisters who are writing books and getting the Word of God out there. So way to go, Wendy. We're excited for you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, so excited. And I've got something even more exciting to share. I don't know if you guys are ready for this, but Wendy's new book is actually the topic of our next online Bible study at Proverbs 31 starting June 22nd, which this is a huge deal. And so if you guys have never done an online Bible study before, you're not going to want to miss out on this. The best part about online Bible studies is that they are free. Yes, free. And we want you to join because we believe this study is going to be so helpful. And if you've ever struggled with wondering if God can use you because of your fear, your fears or your faults or your failures, um, I know I have before, and you're going to want to mark your calendars and get this book. So you can find out more about the online Bible study at proverbs31.org forward slash study. That's right. And before we let Wendy take it away with her teaching, I know that in her book, she talked about the show Fear Factor. So we thought we'd do our own little podcast Fear Factor Q&A with Wendy right here. Get ready, Wendy. I've got some oh, questions like a, for you. Oh, I'm, not, I'm glad we're not together because y'all might make me eat a bug or something. <laughs> yeah, you left it So first question is, would you rather always talk in rhymes or sing instead of speak? I'm like, sing. Sing? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh-huh. I, think I, would be very, I think I would rather talk in rhymes. If I'm the one having to come up with the rhymes, I, I don't, I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Next one. Would you rather go on a, go a month without washing your hands ew, or without washing your hair? Oh, both of those are ooze, but I would have to say washing my hands, especially after everything that we've been been experiencing in our world right right? now. Most of them are gross. I'm I'm not a germaphobe, but I do like to be clean. But washing washing my hands, definitely. I would wash wash my hands, but I will go without washing my hair. Yeah. If you're anything like me, I have really long hair. And so I would have some pretty sweet dreadlocks. At the uh-huh. end of the yes. So we would just em- embrace that kind of reggae style for a while. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Go native. Uh-huh. Okay, last one. Are you ready? Would you rather carry a toad around in your pocket all day or a mouse in your pocket all day? Are you serious? Oh, <laughs> goodness. Um, a frog? I don't have, oh, no, either, neither one, but a frog, I guess. You prefer <laughs> the frog. I well, honestly the frog prefer the mouse. And the frog would hop out. The yeah, frog would hop out. Slimy and gross. They're so gross. But a mouse, they're so cute and cuddly, I guess, even though they're. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh my gosh. Right. Yeah. You're a good I notice how, and, and, I notice how Haley is not giving any answers here. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was actually the one. Yeah, but I was actually the one who wrote the questions in uh-huh. here because I was like, we have to do something fun. But I would just <laughs> like to point out my southernness here because yes. when Meredith, Meredith from her um, northernness, read just, would you rather carry a frog? But Mississippi girl here, yeah. could you rather carry a toad frog yeah. or a mouse? I don't know what yeah. that is. A toad frog toad is not frog. a you guys. It's either a toad or a frog. Yeah. <laughs> no. 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 The toad <laughs> frogs are a lot bigger. The toad frogs are really a lot bigger. Am I right? You the toad at that point. <laughs> but I don't know. But when I think about a toad frog, I think about driving over my parents' driveway and there's this little 
water basin that you have to like drive over and there are always these frogs that are about the size of a baseball glove yes and Uh they're huge like that that was the mental thing that i thought about okay maybe i'll change it to a mouse (laughs) to a mouse (laughs) (laughs) that's fair fair. she recants (laughs) i love it all right all right guys well i think it's time to stop talking about fear factor and southern things and let wendy give her teaching for real this time so wendy the floor is yours take it away my friend thank you so much um if you have your bible with you i would love for you to grab it and turn to exodus um the book of exodus that's where we're going to be today and i want to start the teaching by just asking just a couple questions just to get our gears moving and think about the idea of our potential and what that means. Um, and these questions were kind of tough for me, so I don't mean to put you on the spot. I'm glad we're not sitting around in a circle and having to give our answers because um, these are difficult to answer. I'll just go ahead and admit. But when you look in a mirror, do you think, do you see a woman full of potential or a woman full of the past fears and faults and failures and frailties? that have brought her to that point. Hmm. Now, then also, here's another question. Do you consider the woman looking back as a worthwhile possibility, ready to embrace what God has for her, whatever that might be? And that can be a scary thought because a lot of times when, when somebody asks a question like that, you're hesitant to answer because you think, I don't know, does he want me to go to Africa? And be a missionary, you know, or does he want me to, what is, what does he want me to do first? Cause right as, as women, really as believers in general, we prefer to know what God would want us to do before we say yes or before we yeah. submit. Um, but let's just think about that idea of just not, don't go there of where God would want us to do. But are you looking at a woman that you see as a worthwhile possibility, ready to embrace God and what God has for her? Or is she a woman who feels disqualified to be part of God's greater narrative because she has no potential? Um, and I think it's important that we look at that definition of potential. I'm kind of a word nerd um, at heart. I really never was because what's so funny about me, um, a funny thing about me is that I am not a really good reader and I don't really like to read, but yet God's called me to a position to write books. And I was never really good in school. Um, I always got C's. And, and so for God to use someone who got C's and really doesn't even like to read and openly confesses that, to, to, uh, to share the story of his grace and mercy and redemption and possibility that he has in the lives of his girls and guys. Um, it's such a privilege. So I want us to look at that word, um, potential because for a long time, I never thought I had potential. I have baggage that probably only me and God know about. And that honestly, when I look in the mirror, I still see that person. Not quite as shiny and bright as before. She's kind of faded a little bit into the background. And I do see more of, of the woman that God has called me to be. But that woman is still there. That woman who has those pains and those hurts and the failures that I carry around with me and, and the things that I think that are flawed about me because she doesn't look like that or she doesn't have that. And God is definitely using her and he certainly can't use me are the kind of narratives that I tell myself. 
So I think it's really important that we understand that potential, we may have potential, we have potential, everybody has potential, but it might not be visible right now. And it might not be even developed right now, but that everybody, and this is so cool, it's um, the definition in dictionary.com actually says someone or something is considered a worthwhile possibility. Hmm. So I want everyone just to just know that your potential is present, but it might not be visible right now. And it's possible, but it might not be actual right now. I remember sitting many, many years ago, um, as I said, I've been with Proverbs close to 17 years, as, as best as I can calculate. And I remember sitting out on my driveway um, in my little chair with my toddlers playing in the pool, uh, the little kitty blow-up pools. And um, I had a phone call that came in to me from this wonderful lady that I now call friend, Lisa Turkhurst. And Lisa was inviting me or inviting me to participate in this um, survey that she was doing or this article that she was writing for Focus on the Family. This was long before Unglued and Hidden Potential, um, but she was uh, just starting out in ministry and she was doing an interview and was asking um, some questions of women who were in ministry leadership. And, and Lisa and I knew one another because she was coming to speak at our church at that time. And so as I answered the questions, you know, Lisa just had this long pause after one of my answers. And she said, have you ever thought about coming to a speakers and writers conference or being in ministry? And I said, no, I haven't. And that was kind of the end of it. And then when Lisa came to speak at our church a while later, a few months later, she again said something to me, planted that little seed about the possibility of being in ministry. You know, sometimes God brings people into our lives to start planting those seeds that he wants us to see. Because sometimes we receive those seeds from other people more readily than we do from God, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So that potential, I believe, in ministry that God saw in me and that was there when he formed me in my mother's womb. And it's that great work that he created with for me before, well, a long time ago, according to Ephesians 2.10. It was there, sitting by that poolside with my kids, just being a mom, enjoying a sun, sunny summer afternoon. And then there, a few months later, leading women in ministry at my church, the potential and the possibility was there. I didn't see it, but it was present. And it's very important that you understand that and that you grasp that truth about yourself because there isn't anybody, there isn't anyone that God is not, does not have a plan for. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter uh, what you are doing. It doesn't matter how many times you've failed. It doesn't matter what your flaws are. God has a plan for everyone. And, and if you read the Bible, it is full of flawed people that God used for miraculous purposes. And today, I want us to be looking, hopefully everybody's got Exodus 2 open. That's an easy book to find, Genesis, Exodus. We don't even have to really use the table of contents for that. Um, But today is an example of one of those men, um, kind of by today's standard, he would be more suited for an orange jumpsuit and prison bars than to be the leader of the nation of Israel. But that's who Moses is. 
He is known as being the leader of Israel. He was God's chosen man for a humongous job. Now, here's the fun thing about this is he was born to die with a death sentence on his head because at the time, the Israelites were overpopulating. They were getting, the group was getting too large, Pharaoh said, and he wanted all the young boys that were born to be thrown over a cliff and, and thrown into and, and death. And so Moses was born with that death sentence on his head, actually much like we are, right? Without Jesus, we have that death sentence on our head. Uh, but by the, his grace, we can live eternally with him. Um, so Israel, uh, so Moses was, was condemned to death before he was even born. But God providentially made a way for Moses to live. And Moses' daughter actually found, I call her Mrs. Pharaoh. I think her name might be Bitma, if I can remember correctly from my studies, but don't hold me on that. Um, but Mrs., Ms., daughter of Pharaoh, Mrs. Pharaoh, Miss Pharaoh, found um, Moses where his mother had placed him, and she knew that he was going to be found. And then ironically and amazingly, there, uh, Moses' mother ends up raising him right there in his little, I want to call it, I'll say village, town, area, so to speak. So what's so amazing to me about this is that not only was he preserved and his life was sustained and kept from death, but he was surrounded, surrounded by the teachings of God, of Yahweh. So he knew who he was and he knew who God was. So when it was time for him to go live with Pharaoh and uh, his adopted mother, he had a foundation of faith. And then not only that, greater provision, again, God knowing what he was doing, of course, he's sovereign. He planned this from the very beginning of Moses' conception, thought, uh, the possibility of him being born, he saw the possibility and the potential of this man. And he placed him exactly where he needed to be when he needed to be there. Because when he got to the palace, friends, he then was surrounded by money, education, uh, the finest of foods, the finest of everything. So he was equipped then to know all the workings and the goings on of the people of Egypt and to keep a close eye on God's people, his mm. people. So we find him in Exodus chapter two and his story, this, the miraculous birth. I've just kind of given you a quick summary of, the, of, of his birth and exactly, uh, let's see, up to, let's see, maybe chapter 10, uh, uh, verse 10, excuse me, of his birth. Well, then we kind of move a little bit forward into his life, into chapter uh, 2, verse 11. And I just want to read this to you. Um, one day after Moses had grown up, he went out to where his uh, own people were. Notice own people. He was aware of who he was and who those people were, and he watched them. And at their hard labor, Pharaoh had enslaved them to really to a great extreme and oppressed the people. Um, and he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his own people, verse 12, glancing this way and that way and seeing no one. Please let me pause there. He glanced this way and that way. Kind of
kind of much like when we're fixing to pull out in a traffic uh, into a lane of traffic, we have to look right and left to make sure we can pull out safely. So just think about that. You pause and you look to see what's happening. That's what, this is what Moses did. I want us to really know he's contemplating. He's thinking about what he's about to do. So he's looking this way and that way and sees that no one is, uh, no one is there uh, to see him. He killed the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. Verse 12, hid him in the sand. So I would say that murder was a great grievance and a great sin and a great failure. Wouldn't you agree? <laughs> I mean, I would think that, and, and, and like I said, in today's society, that would take you out of society into mm. uh, confinement with a permanent uh, orange jumpsuit and three squares a day. That's pretty much what you would get. And Moses knew that he was going to be in danger. In fact, if you read on there in chapter two, Pharaoh knew what happened, got wind of it, and he was really angry and he was out to get Moses. And so what did Moses do? Moses fled. He left Egypt. He left the guardianship and the eye of his people. He couldn't do much for his people, but he saw what was happening to them. But he also knew what he had just done. A great failure. Um, now, not all sin is failure. I um, mean, not all failure is sin, but all sin is failure. And he knew he had done wrong. He knew God. Remember how he grew up and how he was raised. And so he ran and he fled into the land of Midian. And this was a place many, many years, 40 years, where he spent shepherding a flock of sheep. He actually married. He had children. And one day over in chapter three, we're going to skip over to chapter three. Um, one day he was out tending to the sheep. Now, I love this because this, in fact, in my notes here, I have the word yet. So we have Moses born and then we have Moses becoming a murderer. And I love the word yet or the phrase in spite of no matter what we do. There's always that yet dot, 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 that God will redeem and can redeem. And you know what? There is not a sin that his grace will not cover. And we have got to know that truth and hold on to that truth in order to silence the, the lies of the enemy who wants to keep us paralyzed and far away from our potential. But over in verse three, we, uh, chapter three, we see this amazing encounter where Moses sees this bush burning up. And I'm sure this is part of a story that many of us are familiar with. Um, chapter three, verse three. So Moses thought this was, he sees this burning bush. He thought, I will go over and see the strange sight. Why does this bur bush not burn up? And then when the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. And he says, Take off your shoes that you're standing on holy ground. And then he tells him who he is. I am the God of your father, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And then let's get down to verse seven. Oh my goodness. I love verses seven through 10. And this is where we're going to wrap up our teaching. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers. I'm concerned about their suffering. 
So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them out of the land into the good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, in other words, all the ites. And now the cry of the Israelites have reached me and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressed. Verse 10, this is just like the turning point for Moses. So now I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. All right, I wish I could continue on because it is full of intrigue and the discussion between God in the remainder of chapter three and the end of chapter four with Moses is really intense. It would make for a great afternoon or evening reading after you, um, after the podcast closes. But I want us to walk away with this point today, girls, this main point from our teaching. Having said already, you are a worthwhile possibility. Your potential is present. It may not be visible. It is possible. It may not be uh, may not be actual at this time. But here's what I want you to walk away with today: this truth: God will not permit your past to exempt you from your potential. Hmm. What a great truth that is for us to live with and walk with. We may want to exempt us from any potential, and it's going to be hard to walk through with that confidence once we have been living with the negative narrative of I can't and I'm not worthy. Those things that we tell ourselves that aren't true. We have to replace it with this truth that God will not permit my past to exempt me from my potential, and I can't allow me, myself, to um, to prevent my past from exempt, exempting me from my uh, potential. You know what? Moses didn't see his potential. And like I said, please, please complete the reading uh, of chapter three and into chapter four. He has quite a conversation with God, very much like me. I don't know, Meredith, you and Kaylee have ever had these conversations with God, but hey, I'm not qualified or I can't good or I don't have the skill set or that's not in my wheelhouse, those kind of conversations. That's the in-depth that he was having with God. And I love that he took his uncertainties to God. Mm -hmm. Um, Moses didn't see his potential, but he believed his God. And that's what we have to do is believe God. Even if we don't believe it ourselves and in ourselves in that moment, we have to believe that God does love us, that God does have a plan for us, and that nothing that I have done will uh, permit me, God will not let anything that I've done permit me from reaching my possibility and the potential that he has for me. So good. Yeah, Wendy, that's so good. Um, I feel like this is a reminder that we all need just as we go through life, because I don't know if you guys were like me, but I thought that there was this age that I would get to that I would be like graduated from all everything. And, you know, it would be like, okay, now you're ready for life. Just go walk through it. But I'm like, that's, that's actually not how it is. And Wendy, I feel like I, um, have been, I've been that girl in front of the mirror so often. I mean, whether it's with my marriage or with work at Proverbs or with friends or just everything where I've thought, well, can I do this? Like, am I cut out for this? Is this is this really what you want me to do, God? Are you sure there's somebody else who can do it? And I love your message. But Wendy, I feel like it's so easy to hear these words and, and you can believe them. 
but then how do you live? How do you live it out? Like, how do you walk in confidence knowing that God has put potential in you? So can you just speak a little bit to that? I can. And you know what? In my notes, I have this quote from Oswald Chambers, and I'm going to answer your question, but I want to read this quote that I had. And um, it's, it's, speaks directly to what you're saying. Um, so I'm going to read this and then I'm going to piggyback to answer the question because it is, it, I, I know exactly what you're saying. But Oswald Chambers says this, it is not a matter of our equipment, but a matter of our poverty. It is not a matter of what we bring with us, but what God puts in us. Not a matter of vir- uh, natural virtues, but strength of character, of knowledge or experience. All of that is to no avail in this concern. The only thing of value is being taken into the compelling purpose of God. So it doesn't matter what we have, what we don't have. It's all of it's about moving into the compelling purpose of God. How do we do that when we don't feel like it? You know what? It is a daily surrender. In fact, L- Louis Giglio says it best in his book, I Am Not But I Know I Am, which is Hmm. By the way, one of my most favorite books ever. I have worn out several copies of the book. Um, he calls it a daily funeral. Hmm. And I know that sounds kind of morbid. Um, and I want to be sensitive to those who have actually walked that road, especially in these recent days. Um, but it is actually a death to ourselves each day and surrendering to him each day. And we do that, um, Kaylee, by remembering who he is, and who we are not. Louis also talks about that in, in the book as well. That's a great read. Um, I want to suggest that to you. Um, but um, for me, literally, it is a daily, daily decision. I do not see the sunlight before I have spent time with Jesus. Um, I, I just don't. I've been doing that for, and I don't say that braggingly. I'm saying that because I'm so desperate. Uh, my family, I learned a long time ago, can, I'm a lot nicer um, with my family um, and the people around me, not just my family, um, if I've been with Jesus first. And um, so I, I, I spend time every day uh, praying, um, reading my Bible. Um, and then, and, and that sounds Sunday school. I know, I know it does. I get it. Um, but then what I read I asked the Holy Spirit then to have his way with me. And we don't talk a lot about that. We don't, we talk about the Holy Spirit as, oh, his feeling is so good. We experience him in worship. The hair on our neck stands up and we raise our hands and we're worshiping. I mean, right, Meredith, Matt does a beautiful job of leading us to the heart of God and in mm-hmm. worship. But you know what? We can't worship a God that we don't know. And we have to know God on an intimate basis. And we know him through prayer, through his word, but also through the intimate activity that his Holy Spirit has in our lives. Nobody wants to be told, yeah, you're not being kind to that person, or I'm calling you out because of the way you spoke to him. You need to go and apologize. And I remember the shaping of me really began in my home and how I treated my husband. Mm. If he didn't act right, I wasn't making his coffee. Or if he didn't act right, well, I deliberately wouldn't get all the underwear washed and folded and put away. Do you know what I mean? Just kind of this mm-hmm. aggressive behavior. And God started calling me out on it. And I would call God right back and say, well, did you see how he talked to me? Did you see how he did this? Well, of course he did. 
but he wasn't worried about he's like no 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 we're focusing on you so the best times and the most difficult times of my life are the times that i surrender to the work of the spirit in my life because i experience him and when i experience him i want to do more of what he wants me to do so it's it really is all about that surrender. And First Five is a wonderful app. I'm sure the podcasters know about First Five, right, Meredith and Kaylee? Yes, uh, all about it. And that's how we start our day. I mean, mm-hmm. if, you, if you know, just grab your First Five app, the first five minutes of your day, spend it with the Lord. Or encouragement for today devotion. That's another great way to start the day. But start mm-hmm. surrendering. And it takes a while. Uh, I love what you said, Kaylee, that you felt like you one day you were going to reach this age. I haven't mm-hmm. reached it yet, you know. <laughs> but I, but I, every day I need Jesus. And I just, yeah. we all do. Yeah. And you have to be patient with yourself. You know, we live in a world of instant yeah. And we think, oh, well, I've had three quiet times today and uh, this week and things aren't any better. I guess that quiet time thing is not really, doesn't mean anything. Or read my Bible doesn't change anything. I've read it for seven days. Mm. Really? Let's give it a little bit more time yeah. and um, invest into it. And your life will change. Oh, my goodness. My, ch- my has changed. Oh, it's so good, Wendy. I mean, honestly, that brings me right back to the purpose of Proverbs 31, which is mm. to help women know the truth and yeah, live the truth. The and, truth. You and know, I want, it. I want to say to our listeners today, because I've certainly been one of those and, and wrestle with this actively in my life now, looking in the mirror and saying on a daily basis, girl, you do not have what it takes. Mm. Like you're not going to be able to do this. You, you, you're in over your head. I mean, there's a million different things I where know. I just look at, can I actually follow through on what God has placed in my heart. And that's where, just like you said, Wendy, we have to steep ourselves, Mm. saturate ourselves in the word of God. And when those lies come in to pick away at your confidence and your belief in God's calling on your life, um, you've got to speak back the word of God to those lies. Yes, and you can't speak it back if you don't know it. And the only way to know it is to be in it. That's right. That's right. Um, yeah. And so, man, if anybody walks away from this podcast today um, doubting whether or not they should read their Bible, <laughs> they've oh. listened to a different podcast because oh. oh, my word, uh, it's the greatest book ever. It is. And it will absolutely change your life. Absolutely. It, it changes so, everything. <laughs> that's right. Thank you so much for being on today, Wendy. Right. This is. Hey, thanks for having me, girls. I appreciate it so much. I've loved it. Mm hmm. Of course. Um, Yeah, I think that this message was amazing. And I think it's just, it's the tip of the iceberg to what this online Bible study is going to Mm. be. And so we can't wait to see what the Lord does through um, the the women who participates in the study. And and so if you enjoyed the podcast and you want more, um, sign up for the free online Bible study at proverbs31.org forward slash study. And to purchase Wendy's book, you can visit our bookstore at p31bookstore.com. That's right. And y'all heard Wendy talk about our daily devotions. They're called Encouragement for Today. They are absolutely free. And maybe you're at a place in your life. I know there was a season when my kids were very small. Now they're a little bit older. Um, And having a quiet time was super hard Mm -hmm. (laughs) because I woke up and I was feeding one baby and then I was shoveling cereal (laughs) in the other kid's mouth. And it was just overwhelming to think, are you joking? I've got to wake up before these kids and read my Bible. I'd have to wake Uh up at 3 a.m. And so our encouragement for today devotions is such a great way 
for you to just get that moment in between shoveling in, you know, the baby food into the baby's mouth and cleaning up after the dog to get that quiet moment just for yourself and the Lord. Even if it's not, you don't have the luxury of a whole hour right now in this season of life, you can still meet with the Lord. And our encouragement for today devotions is a great way to do that. So go check it out online, proverbs31.org. You'll see read and you'll find our daily devotions there. Um, And Wendy, I want our listeners to be able to connect with you. So can you tell them, I I know you're on social media, so tell them where they can find you on social media. Yeah, just go to wendypope.org and all of my social media little uh, buttons are there. And because I don't even know what my handles are, honestly. <laughs> I told you, I'm like, I can do I can do this podcast, just send me a link. I'm not technologically savvy. I don't have all that stuff memorized. But if you go to wendypope.org, all of my little um, icons are there. And they'll tell you how to find me to those places. But my hub is at wendypope.org. That's great. That's great. That's amazing. Well, that's about all we have time for today, friends. We pray that this episode today helps you know the truth of God's Word and live out that truth because we know when you do, it changes everything. We'll see you next time.